Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Greg Kelly Show. Ah, New York, New York. We were a hell of a town. We were great. What the hell is happening? Do you see this poor cab driver getting beaten the hell up? I'm looking at it right now. Cab driver being beaten up by about five people. Um, it looks like it's in Times Square, and they are kicking the hell out. Excuse me, kicking the hell out of him in his head. Now, he's in the hospital in stable condition. I think they arrested two people. Three of the people doing the beating are women. Two look like they're men. People around are not doing much of anything, although I think, you know, it does take you a moment or two to react. You know, not everybody can spring into action. So the um, the coverage of this is kind of muted, whatever. Um, I wonder. I wonder why uh, it's muted. I wonder why there's not more attention. I wonder why this is not a global story. I wonder why Joe Biden has not spoken about this, because if you watch it, it's shocking. I mean, to be honest, I think it's actually worse than the George Floyd video. When I see the George, I mean, the George Floyd video was really, but, you know, they blurred it out right away. So it was kind of stationary. This, they're actively kicking a guy in the head. And do me a favor. Uh, if you're 60 years old, you're not elderly. All the headlines say elderly man, 60 years old. That's not elderly. Since when did that become elderly, right? That's not old enough to be elderly. Elderly sounds like 95. <clears throat> uh, is Trump elderly? No. So it breaks my heart. It really does. And uh, now here's the thing. Um, a lot of fault, fake news has been delivered about cab drivers. First of all, these guys have a really, really hard dro- job. Uh, their job has gotten harder with Uber. You ever notice you get in the back of an Uber? Um, you know, what do you have? You have a seat. You sit there. <laughs> there are in 16 different instructions for you if you have a complaint to get the cab driver in trouble. You go into a cab. You can call the TLC. You can go online. If the dr- driver, you know, you, they're all these things. And then they run these PSAs about... Cab drivers being discriminatory, right? You ever see that when they're standing, those fake scenarios where they're standing on the corner with uh, uh, crutches and the cab goes by? They're like, what the hell? And New York City does not tolerate discrimination. Please call a human rights commission. Like, you know, all right, just another way to get a cab driver in trouble. And, oh, by the way, uh, these cab drivers, 99.9% of them are from somewhere else, usually, right? I mean, they're from uh, all over the world. Lately, I've noticed that uh, most of my drivers have been from uh, West Africa, of all places. Sometimes they're from the Middle East. Sometimes they're from Afghanistan. Sometimes they're from, once in a while, you might meet a guy who was born in Brooklyn. Whatever. It's diverse. And Barack Obama came here a couple of years ago. And, uh, you know, he was questioned about whether he was authentically black. You know, he's got that issue. He's got that issue. People don't trust him because is he white or is he black? I don't have that issue, but he has that issue. He wrote about this in his own books. He wrote about this a bunch of times that, you know, this is the struggles with my father, the dreams from my father, the dreams of my father, whatever that book was called. He's going through this whole thing. Am I black? Am I white? Am I both? Am I what? So then he he decided at one point, I'm going to go all hood. All right. I'm just going to go all gangster. 
All right. I'm going to be a victim here. All right. I am going to play to the lowest common denominator. I am just going to. Right. So he, he tells this lie that he can't get a cab when he comes to New York. And that proves he's a black man. Anyway, want to put that aside for a moment. James Flippin joins us. Hello, James. Hey, Greg. I didn't say anything that would get me in trouble. I, I, you know, I don't think so. No, you're, you're still allowed to have an opinion in 2023. Damn, that's damn right. All right. Do you know anything else about this cabbie? No, I mean, I, I, I heard the cops basically said that there was some kind of a fight that, or a dispute of some kind that led up to this. Uh, I, I don't really know what you know sort of dispute would ever justify a, a vicious attack and beat down like that. But um, no, I mean, I, I'm always curious, kind of like what happens before the video camera starts to roll with all of these incidents. But obviously, we don't know at this point. Well. You know, if it was an argument, they could have been arguing. Great. There's a dispute about the fare. You can have a dispute. I have disputes with the cab drivers. Uh, not often, but sometimes. Why are you going this way? Slow down if you don't mind. Can mm-hmm. you put the air conditioner up? Stop. I'm going to get out here. Thank you very much. Uh, it's not always a beautiful experience, but you don't get out and start hitting people. And um, I don't know. I have a feeling the aggressor here was not the cab driver. I just have a wild hunch. Now, last year, we saw a guy get beat up in Rockaway by a group of uh, uh, teenagers, and uh, it was they, were, they killed the guy. They killed the guy. And, you know, contrary to what the Obama, I'm sorry, the Obama and Biden people want us to think, um, these incidents, they're not fueled by white supremacy. They're not. Mm. You can kind of tell. You know what I mean? You can kind of tell. Now, uh, another thing, Barack Obama went around for years, years complaining that in the black community, if you're seen reading a book, that that's a bad thing. He said it out loud. He said it in that speech that made everybody fall in love with him back in 2004. And then when he's president, he said, you know, that whole thing, if a black child is reading a book, he's acting white. No, that's got to go away now. And like that, but that didn't do it. That didn't like, number one, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until he started talking about it. So if that's a thing, it's still a thing because we never had a national conversation, if you notice, right? Well, I mean, I think if anything, the discourse is going the other way, too, because you've heard about uh, things in curriculums where there's been an effort to say that, like, being punctual is a is a white or Caucasian uh, trend that, you know, uh, the worship of the written word. I think there was something from, like, the Smithsonian Institute that came out a couple of years ago talking about that. So, Oh, the Smithsonian. Oh, brother. They have gone totally woke and weird. Yeah, totally so that, crazy. That's a weird thing. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. But as far as the whole taxi drivers thing, look, I feel like they get a really tough shake with all this because they have to have the medallions. They have to get, uh, in essence, a mortgage to be able to pay for this medallion. Right. Um, you know, it's it's a major undertaking to have a privilege then to drive a yellow cab. But the, the Uber and Lyft, they don't have to do that. You and I could be Uber drivers uh, by the end of the show. All right. Just fill out a thing on your on your phone. There's they, an app for that. And they you're... did put a moratorium on TLC plates for a while, but I don't even know if that's still going on. TLC plates, brother. Uh, Eric Adams is a... I always told you guys this guy's a racist. I mean, and here he is again. A, a, a woman comes to him with a genuine, widely held concern, complaint about what the hell's going on in the city with all these illegals coming here. I mean, that's a, that's a thing. Your constituents aren't going to like it. And this lady confronts Eric Adams, and I think she, I think Eric Adams gives her a little bit of uh, a little bit of racism right to her face. Cut sixteen. Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? Why are you treating illegal aliens better than you're treating Americans? Why are you 
What, what, why are you destroying the city with illegal aliens? Mr. Mayor, four more years. Okay. Four more years. Okay. I'm asking, I'm asking you a question. Why are you destroying the city and providing for illegal aliens when the veterans are mentally ill on the street around the corner from here? They didn't have an Okay, I have an accent, but that's why I'm wow. asking can call me a racist. Right. You have an, okay. you have an accent. Yes, I have an accent. So and I'll tell you what, I work here. I never ask for a dime from anybody. Okay. They don't want to ask for a dime. Okay. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Even if, um, you, you, you got a problem with that, Eric? Medical care. Listen, I'm just worried about... All right, stop, stop, stop. You got an accent. He picks on her for having an accent. Now, look... There are a lot of Americans with accents. There are a lot of Americans who are born elsewhere. There are a lot of Americans who are different from you, Eric. Wow, what a very, very racist, ethnocentric, weird response from some somebody who's supposed to be cool and woke and with it. But I told you he was a racist. I'm going to kick cracker ass. Anybody remember that, right? This guy, he's dumb and a racist. He's incompetent. He is uh, a party boy. And has no business being there. And you know what? Somebody said four years, four more years. And he's pr- if, if I don't run, quite frankly, he's probably going to get it again uh, because he will be a shoo-in for that Democrat nomination. Doesn't feel like – and, you know, he's got – what does Curtis say? The protection of his complexion. All right? It's all racist politics, racial identity politics. And, you know, in the primary is the last day of school. They'll rig it so nobody knows about it. Nobody shows up. We're not going to have a real up or down referendum on this guy. Overwhelmingly Democrat city. The Democrat wins. It's a disgrace. And it's anti-democratic. And anyway. All right. What do you got going this weekend? Well, uh, I'm actually going to be going away. I'm going on vacation. I'll be out next week. Where the so hell are you going? I'm going down to Stone Harbor, New Jersey, where my parents live. How exotic. that You call that vacation? I call that a commute. That's not a vacation. I mean, don't you going like, to the Jersey Shore is not a vacation? Well, it's not. I mean, don't you live down there anyway? No, don't, I live in I live in North Jersey. I live in you the go suburbs. From North Jersey to South Jersey. Wow. You know, uh, Diego back there. You know where he went on vacation? I, he went Australia down under. That's yeah. that's a kick ass vacation. You're going to South Jersey. You went to school in Delaware. You live in North Jersey. You go on a vacation south. I am telling you, you got to go. I want you to go to Mozambique. Okay. Oh, uh, wow. Go All to right. Mozambique. Okay. How many weeks? Two weeks? One week? What? Just a week. Yeah. I mean, what are you, are you just going to go to the beach and stuff or what? Go to the beach. You know, my family's going to be down there. My cousin from Denver and his girlfriend are in town. My other cousin and her Your boyfriend. Cousin, you know, I'm telling you, once you're o- over the age of like 12, yeah. You, you never have to see your cousins ever again. Why not? What do you mean? It's just cousins. You don't like your cousins? They're fine, but I mean, and I do keep kind of into, I, I just, oh, wow. You're going to meet your cousin's girlfriend from Denver. No, I know her. I've met her before. All right. Well, hey, look, who the hell am I to tell you how to live so your wait, life? So you wouldn't go out to the Hamptons or whatever and have a vacation out there? A vacation? Uh, the Hamptons? Uh, no, actually. So That's, if you stay in the state, it doesn't count as a vacation. It North to south, it sounds a little bit, yeah, it sounds a little lame. All right. I'm sorry. All right. I mean, uh, the Jersey well, I'm Shore. i talked about it. I don't know. I'm excited. You're excited. I have. You've been there a million times. I don't care. I love the Jersey the, Shore. The, the, the board... Uh, I, I, I probably in, won't go to the boardwalk. I've been to Seaside Heights once, and I you know, I, I, I got a preview of the Jersey Shore when I was in college. Oh, but it's MTV, so much more, Jersey Shore. It's so much more diversified yeah, than that. you got to check out Cape May. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Cape May. Oh, they have that big hotel there, right? There is a large hotel here. Isn't yeah. that where Governor... Um, what's his name? Um, shoot. Which one? Uh, I, am a, I am a gay American governor. McGreevy. McGreevy. Didn't he break his leg in Cape May once? He fell down a sand dune and he broke his... Wow. Uh, 
I, yeah. I, I'm not sure about That's that, a, but they do have large sand dunes there, down there. So. All right. Anything else on the, uh, what do you call it, uh, the Gilgo Beach Killer? Uh, what was the latest that we saw there? You know, obviously we know that the search is kind of wrapped up into his house. Um, we're hearing that there's maybe more sex workers that have had contact with him in the past. The Suffolk County Sheriff is probing that now. And his 1977 junior high yearbook is for sale on eBay. If you want to buy that, I know you're into the true crime stuff. So kinda, I mean, more when we don't know who did it. Mm. Now we know who did it. So it's yeah, it's over. Case closed. And we're hearing that friends, or I guess people that knew him when he was younger, kind of describe him. Maybe not so surprising as you know, kind of a loner that made people uneasy, stuff like that. You know, those elite jerks at the New York Times. They gave me a horrible flashback this morning. I read that whole story about what a you know outsider he was mm-hmm. and he didn't sit at the cool kids table in, in in high school i'm like you're writing about that in the new york times isn't there another way to put i didn't sit at the cool kids table i had to go to the library you know to lead the to read the newspaper during lunch oh that's how on the outs i was in uh in my senior Is year that like a disciplinary thing it wasn't a disciplinary thing i'll tell you why because i had a pretty good group of friends uh up until like the j- junior year 11th grade and then they started to smoke pot and do drugs oh. and i did not feel comfortable doing that Basically, because my father was a cop, and uh, so I kind of drifted apart. But you don't make new friends in the middle of high school. You know yeah, what I mean? that's right. You, you have your group, and so I instead of like going through that whole, what table am I going to sit, who am I going to sit with, I went to the library, and I read the newspaper. And I that was really beneficial, yeah, actually. All right, so— uh, Well, you can see. always eat lunch with me, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I— yeah, we don't do that anymore, right? We even, oh, we have a really. lunch we have a lunch room and nobody ever, you know, you just kind of pass Everybody's through. Everybody's busy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, thank you. Bon thank voyage. You. Thank you very much. <laughs> Enjoy. And we'll be right back. This is the Greg Kelly show. Hey, um, we have a new phone number. 8 8- one eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven. That's one eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven. Is that right? Is the old phone number broken? What happened to the old phone number? Disconnected? Busted? Old phone number getting some crackling on the line. Yeah, so I noticed that. All right, one eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven. What do I have here? I got a really cool, kick-ass uh, new ad from Trump. Um, no, these things are these things are motivating. I tell you what, they're just so badass. And this one really goes after Biden. I'll show you that in a moment. But you know, we were talking about uh, Barack Obama and you know how he plays the race card. He didn't always. At one point, and one of the reasons why they voted for him, we voted for him. I voted for the damn guy in two thousand eight. I was conned. I was because I thought, wow, finally somebody can start talking some some truth. You know, you you can't. Well, it depends on what you look like if you can say certain things, right? I mean, I, I I threw that away a long time ago. I'm going to say whatever the hell I want, but um, you know, there was a time where you thought, okay, you got to tip down, tiptoe around every issue, and you can only be or look a certain way or come from a, a certain place before you can weigh in. And that's um, it was one of the things that Barack Obama, how he seduced people, like he was going to change, he was going to change the way things got done and the way things were talked about, and he could really move the needle. I think this is from 2008. He's running for president. And again, back when he was trying to fool us all. Go ahead. Providing guidance for our children, turning off the TV set, putting away the video games, attending those parent-teacher conferences, helping our children with their homework, setting a good example. That's what everybody's got to do if we're going to be 
moving this country forward. Teaching our daughters to never allow images on television to tell them what they're worth. Teaching our sons to treat women with respect and to realize responsibility does not end at conception. That what makes them a man is not the ability to have a child but to raise one. That's a message we need to send. We have to do our part to lift up this country. That's where change begins. And after all, that's the true genius of America. Not that America is perfect, but that America will be perfect. Not all right. So, look, he's talking to black people, all right? He's talking to elements of the black community. I think he's talking to elements of the hip-hop community, certainly. Uh, you know, his message did not take... His message did not take. You listen to rap lately? You see what, 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 what's cool, right? The degradation, the abuse of women. I mean, it's horrendous. Now, <laughs> he's spoken about this before. Absentee black fathers, but he's only, he didn't do it enough. He did not do it enough. He did not move the needle on it. He didn't move the needle a bit. Because why? After a speech like that, he get a pat on the back from maybe the Wall Street Journal, but he really, that didn't help him politically. He was starting to lose his base, all right? He was losing the left, the far left, and they don't want to hear about personal responsibility. They want to hear about the government, how the government's going to fix all these problems, how the government is going to step in and take the place of fathers, whether they're black or white or whatever. It's one thing there. He said something about, <clears throat> we have to uh, turn off the television set. Remember when the TV was the ultimate distraction, right? The television Everybody on a phone. This thing is this is the threat posed by the phone. There are a lot of good things on the phone. There are a lot of good things on TV, but there's a lot of junk, a lot of horrible, cancerous stuff. Maybe literally, and the addiction, the uh, omnipresence. It's so so much worse than it was 15 years ago. That's 15 years ago. We've we fell in love with that con artist. Where is he now? He is counting his money. He's counting his money. Hey, what happened with the chef? You know, a chef. We don't have the whole story. His chef died right outside his house. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Uh, let's see here. Nancy Mace is a congresswoman from South Carolina. And everyone's talking about this. I saw the headlines. I actually have not heard this clip, but apparently she's at a prayer breakfast and she says some stuff about uh, uh, sexual, uh, sex, her sex life. What's going on here? Cut 17, please. Cut 17. Let's see Thank what all the fuss is about. Thank you for pulling this together. Another year, another standing room only event. And when I woke up this morning at 7, I, I was getting picked up at 7.45. Patrick, my fiancé, tried to pull me by my waist over this morning in bed. And I was like, no, baby, we don't got time for that this morning. Uh, I got to get to the prayer breakfast. And I got to be on time. And a little TMI. But um, I, he'll, he can wait. He's got, we got, I'll see him later tonight. Um, but I was here early today for you, Tim. And I think everybody... <laughs> Everybody was here early for you today. I, what the hell? That was a little bit much. You know, you're okay. You're engaged and you're hooking up with that dude. Uh, I'm looking at her. Uh, okay. I'm looking at Wikipedia. You can't trust Wikipedia. 
You know who it says she's she was married to? She's divorced. She's 45 years old, so she's divorced since uh, 2019. It says she was married to 50 Cent. 50. Curtis Jack. I don't think she was married to that guy, but who knows? What's her big claim to fame? She was the uh, first woman to graduate from the Citadel. You go, girl. I don't know. That was a bit of a turn on. Hey, it doesn't matter. That's just that's just stuff. People say things. She's actually been great on some stuff. She's very aggressive about the Bidens. She thinks the Bidens belong in jail. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, she's not. Uh, she's kind of a never Trumper. Um, but you know what? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think she'll vote for Trump in the end if he gets the nomination. I don't think she's out to trip him up. She doesn't like him. It's free country. You don't have to like him, but she's been doing some great work uh, revealing the uh, Biden family corruption. And uh, wasn't that so satisfying, right, to watch uh, that phony deal be exposed for what it is, a totally phony deal? I loved it. What's up, Mary? Catherine, you're in Pennsylvania. Hi. Hi, Greg. Um, I wanted to just make a comment about Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Uh, I live in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and I, when I grew up, all my summers practically were in either Stone Harbor or Longport, Ocean City. And South Jersey is such a beautiful area along the beaches. It's a little different than North Jersey. They have, and Stone Harbor has these good, big, beautiful um, wide beaches. I know, I know. Look, I, but beaches. you know, I'm Mary Catherine, I was talking to you know James Flippin. All right, who's like 29 and single. All right, he's got money. He's been in New Jersey his whole life. I think he should go somewhere a bit more ambitious for his big break. He grew up there. He went there as a little kid. I think you know. I, don't know, I was a little bit taken aback that he's going there for his vacation. I know. I know the Jersey Shore is nice. You know, it's it's it's, it's great. It's legendary. They they, yeah, they make well, songs about it. Money what? travel. That's wonderful. I think that's great. He might have a little trouble getting a passport right now, so I'm sure he couldn't go next week But uh, with the delays in that. But um, it is just beautiful. No matter where you go, just to get away is a beautiful thing that we're able to do that. So that was really my comment. Well, Mary Catherine, I appreciate it very much. And uh, have you ever been overseas yourself? Yes, I have. I lived in Germany for three years when my uh, then-husband was in the Army, and that's going back ways. And I was most recently in Ireland because my grandparents are from Ireland. Now, unfortunately, while you're in Germany, I bet you didn't learn any German, right? Yes. No, I know a little bit. The thing about that is, Um, you know, they they keep keep you on these big mega bases, right? You know, Ramstein, or where were you? Uh, no, I was in a place called Babenhausen, which is uh, near Darmstadt and um, not too far from Frankfurt Wiesbaden. Uh, but I got around a little bit, got down to uh, Garmisch Birches Garden. That's know, great. That lay some German on us. Lay some, lay some German on us. Lay some German on you? Yeah. Guten Tag. Wie geht es What else can I say? Buey Pomes Fritz, you know, that's. German word for French fries. Um, all right, all right, all right. So you didn't learn Germany. You didn't learn Germany. You didn't learn German while you were there. They, I didn't learn it fluently. Because these no, big no. mega bases, I mean, you never have to really leave. And even if you do leave, you know, it's the center of everything. Hey, it's one of the prices we pay in the military. You know, you can't exactly immerse yourself in uh, in the local charm. Anyway, Mary Catherine, thank you very much. And great point about Stone Harbor. Everybody should check it out. Uh, Joe in Long Island, yes. Hello, Greg. Uh, listen, that uh, that thing with uh, Eric Adams and that woman infuriated me. Yeah. And I people ask me all the time uh, when I oppose them about immigration, they say, where is your family from? And I give them a 20-second 
answer that knocks their socks off and they walk away from me. Oh, well, wait a second. Now, wait. Now, that sounds like you're being kind of jerky about it. I mean, what do you mean? Why would you? No, I tell them the truth. The God's honest truth. Okay, what is it? Where where is your, let me try it. Let's try it here. Where is your family from? Sicily. My grandmother came here 1919, got married. Her husband, my grandfather, lost all the fingers on one hand. They worked hard. They had a child, two children. In 1935, they went back to Italy for a visit. When it was time to get off the ship, it was a big deal that Americans went last. They got off last, dead last. And my grandma looked at me, looked at me with... The blood, blood, not the what now? Okay, Can he, is he back on the TV? He used a... Can't use curse words on the radio, man. All right, you said something about this story okay. being 20 seconds long. It was 20 seconds long. I mean, nah, it was a little bit longer. No, that's good. I, I, that, I, that, that did make me feel kind of proud, though. I never, never so proud to be last as getting off that ship. That's amazing. You made it sound, though, that people would hear that story and, like, resent it and walk away or something like that. They do. Why would they do they that? Uh, now, maybe it's your delivery. Because maybe, maybe, maybe because may, maybe because you're cursing. Maybe because you're cursing in the middle of it. Maybe some no, people uncomfortable. Well, who are you meeting that are anti-American? Who I mean, who are these people that you meet and uh, they they have a chip on their shoulder and you tell them a beautiful story like that and they liberal, get all mad? Liberal. Well, where? To, give me liberal. an example. Where? Where? Li, a, li, what liberal asked you and when and where? Uh, where your family is from? When did that happen? I have a feeling you're making up a what little happened? bit. No, no, no. All right, give me uh, an example. The, one. The, the example is I'm in the grocery store and I say something about illegal aliens to somebody. <laughs> All right, so there you go. The, the, so you start talking politics in the grocery store. I just want to get in that in the grocery store now. I'm just thinking about where are the raisins. You're 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 talking about illegal aliens. You know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's the, see, that's why you're start, you're you're going around picking fights with people. I sense that. I. A little bit. A little bit. Come on. You got a little interject. bit of a chip on your shoulder yourself, they right? They interject. They interject. Do they interject when you start talking about illegal aliens? Yeah, we got to do something about these illegal aliens. I mean, look, I nope. think we got to do something about border security myself. But, you know, if you start piping off in the grocery store, it may not go well. Anyway, Joe, thank you very much. It's a That is a great story from your uh, – from your, um, who was it again? Anyway, whoever she was, she was amazing. Thank you, Joe. Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra. Hi, Craig. Um, you know, yesterday I was feeling really good about the direction I feel the country, the country is going, like with the, this judge, with um, uh, Biden, you know, she's doing the right thing, Aileen Cannon doing the right thing, Carrie Dowdy doing the right thing, the whistleblower's doing the right thing, Governor Abbott taking a stand with those barriers, and then Mr. Stevenson. So I'm saying this is all good. And then today... I'm very upset over that um, surveillance camera thing and how they're taking his staff and putting them under so much pressure. And I'm concerned about the surveillance thing. I was hoping maybe you could talk about that. Uh, well, look, it's more harassment. Um, my understanding is this. The, the subpoena wasn't actually technically even issued for that stuff. It was like he heard that there was a draft subpoena. That doesn't sound That doesn't sound good enough to me. Um, you got to uh, have a signature on that dumb thing, and it's got to be served. I mean, how can you uh, how can you be held accountable for a? I mean, don't they do that? They serve you. You're, you've been served. Here's your subpoena. Well, he hadn't been served yet, and the idea that we're looking for <laughs> surveillance footage from inside the guy's house—that is his house. Six months right. a year, it's his house. Right. 
That is so exactly. unreasonable. He's got constitutional protection. I believe it's Fourth what? Amendment, unreasonable search and seizure of your person and papers. And it's obviously that this is, and I wonder, oh, by the way, if it's an illegal order, which is, it clearly is, you know, I, look, they have so criminalized the justice system. They've criminal, weaponized it, criminalized it. These are the criminals, and he's on the right side here. So, um, hey, maybe, you know, there's there's video of him walking in his bathrobe. Does he want that? I don't want that. I tell you what, if they started exactly. making noise about, uh, well, fortunately, I don't have any security camera in my apartment, but, you know, I, I don't want to. Uh, and maybe we do with the phones and the microphones and everything like that. I'd be freaked out myself, and I'd probably delete it. But I don't know if that's what he did. Nobody knows if that's what he did. And this is just harassment, and it's all going to work. And, oh, by the way, here's something else. We know now, because of this, there will be no trial in May of next year. All right? The case just got more complicated. There's another defendant. So it's going to be definitely after the election. And Donald Trump will have every right to issue himself a great, big, fat pardon. And I hope he does. I'll be right back. Thank you. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. All right. If you want to call, if you're one of our callers, uh, we have a little bit of a change in plans here. Um, it's our phone number is one eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven one eight three three nine six nine four 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 seven, and we have caller ID for the prank phone callers and for that crazy guy who's always calling about the veterans and yelling and screaming. All right, so we can call you back and no profanity. Uh, <laughs> Well, we have a button for that. But anyway, uh, yeah, give us a call. So um, uh, you want to hear the Trump commercial? It's actually pretty kick-ass. Even though I think the narration is good, the imagery is better, you won't be able to see it. But I think you'll get a nice idea. It's very tough on Biden. It's got most of the footage is Biden falling down. Go ahead and hit it, please. What do you call someone this week? Someone caught in a bribery scandal that made them millions in a government cover-up. And uses your government to get special deal family? You call them Joe Biden. And acting just like a corrupt third world dictator, Biden has unleashed a cadre of unscrupulous government bureaucrats he controls to act like rabid wolves and attack his greatest threat. Launching one of the greatest witch hunts in history. But Biden's underestimated the intelligence of voters. And Trump's support is growing even stronger as hardworking Americans come together in huge numbers to stand with the one person they know has their backs and will fight to make America great again. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. Wow, it's a kick-ass message, right? That is that 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 works. That is so good. And the imagery, the words, it's true. It's true. And he is getting stronger. It's backfiring on them. Now, they're counting on us being what? Stoned, distracted, scared. And they're going to just minimize us as a bunch of MAGA extremists, right? No, no. <laughs> We're half the country and possibly more. I really do think when Democrats get, get if you can get by, okay, I don't like his hair. I don't like his uh, the way he talks. I don't like the tweets. I don't like the... The true social, I don't like him. If you get beyond that, all right, <laughs> look at what he stands for and look at what Joe Biden stands for and look at what Joe Biden is allowing to happen. 
all right, the invasion of our country. Clearly, he's taking money. Drag queens in schools, this whole transgender mess, do you really feel comfortable with that? Do you really? I, 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 no sane person, unless they are using this for their own power and benefit, and there are a lot of people out there, and you f- try to fool others into thinking that your values are mainstream. It's not. You're running scared, and you want to adopt this stuff, the woke mob. You don't want the woke mob coming for you. I just saw Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on TV. He does a lot of pharmaceutical commercials, and uh, he's a very mellow guy. I've uh, I've actually run into him. I like him a lot. Well, I don't like him a lot. I mean, I liked him a lot in Airplane, the movie. That was very funny. And then uh, he's a nice guy. So he, a couple of years ago, and this is not a ding on on Kareem, although maybe a little bit, but he wrote a big letter to the editor of the New York Post, no, I'm sorry, the Washington Post. Trump's vendetta against the press extended to the Des Moines Register when the paper issued an editorial calling for an apology. So he just goes on and on about Trump and how Trump is anti-media, Okay. This is all the way back. This is a few years ago. <laughs> Trump, and he does this, he has the letter printed, and he, he has it brought to him, and he writes on it, Kareem, now I know why the press always treated you so badly. They couldn't stand you. The fact is that you don't have a clue about life and what has to be done to make America great again. Best wishes, Donald Trump, <laughs> in his own handwriting, in his own handwriting, right there. It's him, Kareem. <gasps> now I know why the press always treated you so bad. I never knew the press treated them badly. You know, these celebrities, they know each other in a different way. You know what I mean? They know each other and, you know, they know the rhythms and uh, like how things work in that world. And uh, they just, uh, so I think it was like celebrity to celebrity. I know why you're getting such bad press. I know why things don't go your way in certain ways, certain ways in our circles that I understand and you understand. But what I like about this, at first I was horrified, to be honest, but now I find it, look, a lot of people badmouth each other behind, you know, behind your back, right? They'll badmouth you when you're not around. Oh, hey, hi, John. How are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I can't stand John. What a, that, that's human. This is superhuman. This is superhuman, actually, airing your grievances directly to the individual, not delegating it to somebody else, not doing it in secret. Now, at times you have to do it in secret, or maybe you shouldn't do it at all. I mean, if everyone went around telling everybody how they really felt, that would be an issue that we, we couldn't, we couldn't uh, you know, we couldn't live that way, right? We wouldn't want to live that way. I mean, don't tell me what you really think of me. I can't, I don't want to know. Um, but... There is something to be admired about it. There's a lot to be admired, and there's a lot to be studied, and there's a lot to learn. You know, I, I decided, you know, look, at first I was, like, kind of shocked by Trump. What the hell did he just say about John McCain? But everybody in my world at the time was shocked and appalled by everything he was doing. And I decided, well, instead of being shocked and appalled, let me study this because something is working here. Something is working. I picked up on it right away. I predicted he was going to win the day he declared. And then, yeah, I did get kind of freaked out. What did he say about John McCain? And my brother said, that comment about John McCain, that's why he's going to win. I'm like, what? Really? So I just started studying it. What can you learn from this guy? And then I started reading his books. And (laughs) there is a lot to learn. You know, one little thing, one little thing that's in Art of the Deal 
you know, if you're trying to get a job someplace, um, write a letter or pick up the phone and call, and you can call the head of the company. He says, sometimes it's good to start at the top. <laughs> that was interesting. And he called up. He wanted to ex- he wanted to buy the air rights over Tiffany, and nobody had ever done that before. And he called the guy who ran Tiffany, Van Hoovel, I think his name was. And he got it, and he negotiated a verbal contract, and then he wanted to get it in writing. And Mr. Van Hoovel was like, young man, I have given you my word. And he's like, sometimes you got to accept somebody's word. Sometimes you need it in writing, and sometimes you can do that. Anyway, there are lots of little things in there that I that I liked a lot. I recommend it. It's like a good book for life. Um, uh, Tony, hello. Hi, Greg Kelly. So, you know, I loved your interview with Bill Biden's ex. It really told a lot about the crime family and how their behaviors have fallen into his, his White House administration. So that was great. Um, I've been looking at the LLCs. And a lot of this is all on the Oversight Committee's website. I didn't know if you looked at the LCs and just sort of looked to see what was there and, and addressed any sort of sort of ideas that you might have about them. Have you looked at them yet? I've heard about them. I didn't go to the website to look at them. I mean, I've heard all about them. I know there are dozens of right. L- L- Look, you and I, it's very easy to set up an LLC. And James Comer has told us what the hell it's all about. It's about, yeah. um, you know, a place to park money <laughs> and disguise it. And, you know, LLC, Rosemont Seneca, well, before it blew up, you know, who's going to associate that necessarily with anybody? Or, you know, Hudson West. There's anonymity here, and that's what they want. And you park money here. Right. And they've noticed that this is no way to run a real business, a legitimate business. Let's see here, the James Comer website. Um, so I like these guys, and they're making progress. And uh, I think yeah. the next thing may so, have to be impeachment. What? So what I was going to say is, you know, and I've been watching all the hearings, too. So they're great. I mean, and their information on the LLCs and their creation go up to a certain point, And I know they're doing a deep dive. But I was watching the hearing on the Afghanistan withdrawal, you know. And when you watch and see what they did and their timing, that September 11th timing, you know, at the height of the fighting season, you know, it was just interesting, and I'm looking forward, I just, that's what all I'm saying, is I'm looking forward to seeing more of their information on the website, because nothing is, since he became president, you know, nothing in the LLCs, and maybe they didn't get there yet. But when I think of why he picked that date, Greg, to withdraw from Afghanistan, it just breaks my heart. September 11th, yeah, the 20-year 20, 20 anniversary, and look at how we got out. And look who's in charge now, the Taliban and Al-Qaeda Worse than ever before. They could do it again. They really, really could. And that's on Biden. Uh, It is heartbreaking and so unnecessary. It would not have happened if you know who were still there. We got to get them back there. Thank you, Tony. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Greg Kelly Show. Imagine, imagine a white 
politician, any white person, saying that Americans should be more afraid of black men. Americans should be more afraid of black men. Hmm. That would be uh, obviously a, a hideous, outrageous statement, right? And it would be uniformly condemned if it was from some prominent individual, like a member of Congress. But Elon Omar um, didn't say that. She said America should be more afraid of white men. Yeah. And the thing is, um, <laughs> a lot of people think that's uh, very fashionable. That's very chic right now. That's very in. And it's really in to say, especially if you're a white person, to agree with some such toxic nonsense. Yeah. So here she is. It's really quite something. Elon Omar. Demo- I would say... She said, wait, wait, just wait, where is she from? Democrat of Minnesota. Okay, here we go. I would say uh, uh, our, our country should be more fearful, be more fearful um, of, of, of white men across our country because they are actually um, causing uh, most of the deaths within this country. Now, wait a second. Why was it? Uh, there was a moment there. There was a little bit of a glitch. But she said more fearful of white men, more fearful of white men. Um, and do you hear any, any, I mean, people get so offended. That's the big thing. That's what America does. It gets offended. Oh, somebody said something outrageous. Now, I don't like to talk too much about Greg Gutfeld because he's on opposite me, (laughs) but, um, I believe they're accusing him of anti-Semitism because he pointed out the value of Viktor Frankl's message in his book, Man's Search for Meaning which is an amazing book about survival. It's beautiful, and it's, yes, it's, it's absolutely tragic in the Holocaust, but this, you know, the way he survived the Holocaust, and uh, Gutfeld actually invoked, you know, that out of something horrible, something you can possibly, you know, there can be beauty in the worst hor- horror, and you can find a way out of something that seems so impossible. And he's being condemned by the White House. The White House unthinkingly just puts out a statement. They want us sounding like robots. They want us sounding like robots that have been programmed by politically correct, not just politically correct, but kind of engineered to enhance Democrats. It gets right down, enhancing Democrats and their chances to hold office and power. How anybody could be lambasted for talking about Viktor Frankl and Man's Search for Meaning? That book, have you ever read it? I read it about 30 years ago. Actually, I first found out about it from Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins would talk about it a lot. I got got to check this thing out. I should reread it. It's only about 150 pages. You can knock it out pretty quick. But it's it's one hell of a book, and uh, the human spirit, with a big assist from God, (laughs) uh, you know where we got everything— so, um, yeah, Greg Gutfeld, we'll see what happens. I can't believe it. He says something on a talk show and the White House has something to say about it. People say it's a talk show. You're allowed to say stuff. Hey, speaking of talk shows, what's up with all these members of Congress getting talk shows? Okay. Ted Cruz has a podcast. Um, okay. I, I mean, I think you should be doing more senatorial stuff. But, uh, hey, I guess these guys are allowed to moonlight. And they're all coming out. And what Ted Cruz has to say, whether it's on the podcast or whether it's in a committee hearing, it's generally really good stuff, and like this is as well. 
and this, what do they call this? The superseding indictment, the super duper indictment. Trump, you know, we're expecting some January 6th stuff. A big indictment came down yesterday. That's related to the documents, which is a scam sham case. And you most likely have never handled anything classified, right? Who among us has handled anything that's classified, classified, secret, top secret, confidential by the government? Very few people. I was in the military for a little while. I kind of, but, you know, it wasn't ultra top secret. It was classified, secret. But I was uh, I was exposed to that stuff. I know enough about it to know that this is a total sham case. And the idea that a president would show somebody or say something about a confidential item to somebody who did not have a security clearance, it happens all the time. It happens. It's a form of... Uh, what did the New York Times say 15 years ago when they were writing about Bush, who in their own way they liked? It's uh, That's diplomatic one-upsmanship. That's political combat. It's done for sport. The leaking of classified documents to enhance one's political position may not be nice, may be a surprise to a lot of people, but that's what's done. And Trump is actually, you know, <laughs> this way, kind of playing by their rules and... Now they're suddenly invoking other rules that they never invoke. All right, here's Ted Cruz. Cut 14. The Democrats hate democracy. They are deathly afraid the voters will choose to elect Donald Trump. They don't want that to happen, and so they are trying to use the machinery of law enforcement to prosecute him. I think these, these indictments are a disgrace, and I think Merrick Garland should be impeached and removed from office for allowing the Department of Justice to be turned into a partisan hammer to attack the political enemies of the White House. Here, here. I love it. Ted Cruz. And let's talk to Ted, or let's listen to Ted Cruz's teacher. Did you know Alan Dershowitz was one of his professors at Harvard? Dershowitz, who's, a, I guess, a liberal, but he's a great defender of the Constitution. And uh, he said Ted Cruz is one of his smartest students ever. Uh, but here he is on all this stuff. Cut 12. Well, it would interfere with the election, there's no doubt. But if he has, in fact, committed serious crimes, that's his fault, not the prosecution's fault. But if it's uh, an elective indictment, if it's something that could either go uh, one way or the other, then it shouldn't be brought during an election campaign. Uh, he now will face at least three indictments, perhaps the fourth one in Fulton County. And uh, look, I have a constitutional right to do what I've done twice, that is to vote against Donald Trump on the merits. And I intend to exercise that constitutional right, and I don't want prosecutors to take that away from me and the millions of other people who want to vote either for or against Donald Trump. The vote should be up to the people, the citizens, not up to a bunch of bureaucrats who decide uh, that he should be indicted. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it. I didn't like the way it was going at first, but that is an interesting way. Yeah, it's up to us. It's danger close. We used to have this expression in the military, if you were dropping bombs and there were people on the ground, um, you know, people you didn't want to kill, uh, you know, friendly forces, civilians, we would they would say danger close. And that would be a kind of a heads up that uh, <laughs> we're still dropping the bombs, but you got to be really, really accurate, okay? Because it's danger close. There are uh, people we don't want dead nearby. So danger close. It's danger close to the election. And you can't be throwing out uh, these experimental um, uh, indictments, uh, you know, these cases. Oh, look at what Alvin Bragg did. <laughs> the convoluted stand on your head, look sideways. Maybe we could possibly get him on the injunction clause in the what? Stop it. Stop it. 
You know, it's one thing if he shot somebody. Okay, <laughs> lock him up. But uh, he wrote a check. He reported income to the IRS as income. I've never heard of anybody getting in trouble for reporting money to the IRS as income other than Donald Trump. He's in trouble for that, by the way. He's in trouble for reporting money as income. They said it should have been technically it was a loan. It was a loan repayment. Oh, <laughs> knock yourselves out. You want to recharacterize it? Go ahead. Mirzalina Haba, very attractive lawyer for Donald Trump. Not that that has anything to do with anything, but uh, whew. cut 13. The reality is what we've learned today was more effective from the press that got leaks from the DOJ than from the attorneys that were actually sitting with the DOJ. And that, folks, is literally all that America has become. And it's a terrible thing. When I, who is not in the meeting, am hearing leaks while the attorneys that are in meetings are talking to the DOJ, that's concerning to me. And that, to me, tells me that this is, again, a publicity stunt. And that's what America should realize. When the DOJ has a PR person putting statements out on Twitter about the status of a private grand jury investigation that should be confidential and breaking privilege, we are in a state of crisis. Not because Donald Trump stood up and said, be peaceful and, uh, and, and do something peacefully, but because Our justice system is so corrupt from within and from the top that they can't see straight because they're so scared that Donald Trump might come in and clean house. Wow. Yeah, that was really good. She's right. She's right. And right now we have, you know, it's so important in America, separation of powers, checks and balances. And we have the executive branch working uh, in, in collusion with the judicial branch. They're working together. It's an operation against Trump, and this is so wrong. Thank God for this judge. I can't say her name. Mary Ellen is her first name. Norelco, like the razor, Norica, whatever. Uh, she's fantastic. But on the, on the thing is, she's getting a lot of pressure right now. People are calling her up saying, do you, do you realize that people, the conservative media, are praising you right now? <gasps> like that's, a, that's the worst thing in the world because you know about the MAGA extremists, right? I mean, they're insurrectionists. They're, oh, gosh, they're horrible. They're racist. All these lies about us. So I wonder if she's hearing any of that stuff. And that's difficult to withstand. So you know, as much as she was a really, I thought, great the other day, this could still— this could still kind of be a tap on the wrist for for Hunter. But it was fascinating. You know, <laughs> they did not want this deal to fall apart. The prosecutors, the defense attorneys, um, they – it was wild to see the prosecution called out in real time, though. They gave a wink and a nod to the defense. We're not going to prosecute him any further. But I guess according to this, if you look at it sideways, you could prosecute him. And they got the – the, the, the Justice Department couldn't deny that. It gets convoluted, but – um, they were called out in real time, and the whole damn thing came crumbling down. Hey, by the way, what is Hunter doing with a multi-car convoy to get to court? You see that caravan, seven vehicles, Secret Service agents up the wazoo? He's the he's the son of a president. He's not a president, all right? He's not a vice president. He's not a cabinet member. He gets two guys, Max, on a day like that, I don't know, three, but <laughs> they tr- closed down the street and you know, they brought him in there like he was a head of state and he's just a drug addict. I'm sorry. I hope he gets better. And he's still using, he's still using. I know he is. He got his sobriety date wrong twice. The judge asked him about his sobriety and he says, well, I've been sober ever since May 19th of 2019. And ever since 
He goes, okay, but here it says that you were still under the influence. Oh, yes. At that point, I was. I had a drink or two. So my sobriety date is June 1st of 2019. That's my real sobriety date. Okay, not May 19th like you just told us. Okay, so June 1st. All right. Somebody who gets that wrong is still using, all right? <laughs> it's just, it's just, and I feel terrible for him that he is still using. I saw him. We all saw him on the balcony. I hope he kicks that. Um, you know, one place to kick it is in jail, all right? I mean, maybe that's what's what's needed here. Uh, what else did he, um, uh, we have it confirmed that Hunter did make money from China. And you'll remember Joe Biden said during that debate, the only man, the only one who made any money from this uh, China is this guy, Trump. He, said, he, he lied to everybody. He lied. And whenever he gets his back up against a wall, you know what he does? He starts attacking other people and trying to make fun of their intelligence. He's done it now. About He's done it countless times where he challenges somebody. My IQ is better than yours. And he's calling MAGA extremists dumb, dumb. All those dummies out in the parking lot. Do you remember that? He has no respect for us. Uh, Carmela, what's up? Hey, hey, how are you? How you doing? Fine. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, my husband and I, you know, conservative family, first responder family, and uh, we were duped. We voted for Obama. Um, I don't I guess it's first term. We even voted for Clinton. Oh gosh, I can't even believe I'm admitting that uh, one term, but, uh, you know, you, you vote for at the time who you think is going to do the right thing for the country. And, um, but I think we're, I think we're, we're starting to win, getting a little hopeful of these little victories that, that are happening. Um, you know, <sighs> has to happen. All right, Carmela. Thank you very much. Everything good otherwise? Yeah, everything's good. Just hanging out in the Hudson Valley upstate, oh. um, giving the city a little rest. And uh, I was telling wh- whoever picked up the phone, it's getting a little nutty up in the Hudson Valley, too. Just watched the guy run out of Rite Aid up here on uh, in Hyde Park, and uh, he ran out of the store, ripped something apart, and ran out and didn't pay for it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, it's been legalized. It's been legalized uh, here in the city, up there, everywhere. Uh, hefty bags, hefty bags full of stuff. And I can't get jelly beans without talking to the clerk. I got to talk to the clerk to get my damn jelly beans. I got a big jelly bean thing, by the way. Black jelly beans, if you're wondering. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. is The Greg Kelly Show. All right. Hey, you got to put this in your phone if you're a frequent caller. The new number for the station, WABC, 1-833-969-4447. 1-833-969-4447. Do you remember what they called the, um, the bike Karen, the city bike Karen? I hate the whole thing with the Karen, right? The Karen, you know, any white woman who sticks up for herself... Uh, who refuses to be a victim. We used to like that stuff, right? That used to be really, uh, yeah, you go, girl. You defend yourself. You stick up for yourself. Don't take anything from anybody, all right? I kind of like that. Uh, No. Now, um, and especially if you happen to have a disagreement with a person of color, the white woman is automatically, automatically 
in the wrong. And if some jerk brings out their phone and starts rolling, it doesn't matter what's on the tape. It doesn't really matter what anybody is seeing. What matters is there is a white woman having a disagreement with people of color. The white woman will be in the wrong no matter what, which is insane, which is like from some, not even a foreign, I don't know, a foreign country, a foreign planet. What the hell happened to us? So this um, this woman was on a bike near Bellevue, uh, Bellevue in New York, uh, Langone, whatever. Uh, and she had just finished her shift and she's trying to get on her city bike and she has a dispute with somebody who happens to be black about whose bike it is. Go ahead. No, no, record him, record him, record him, record him. Help me, please help me. This is not your bike. Please help me. This is not your bike. This is not your bike. Please help me, help. Please get off me. What the f*** is going on, bro? Yo, don't let him take it, bro. Now you're not getting the bike, bro. Now you're not getting the bike. Help! Why you took your phone? What's wrong with you? Don't touch your phone. Do not touch your phone. I'm not touching you. You put it in your stomach or my hand. Madu, stop. Madu, stop. No, no, no. All right, so that's the gist of it right there. She's on a bike and she's having an argument. She's like, help, help, help. I thought it was a little bit odd, you know, the way she said it, the tone, right? Oh, shoot. But I got a big development on this story. Do I have to go? I have to go. I'll be right back with this, though. It's good. It's good. And to Ms. I think her name is Comrie. I'm sorry you're going through all this. It's wrong. And uh, we're here to help. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Help me! Please help me! Please help me! Please help me! Please help me! Help! 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 Help her! Leave her alone! All right, I saw this video. It happened a couple of months ago. It made a uh, a big splash. Local news went nuts. A white woman. Uh, accusing a black man of, you know, it's just like it was all white, black, white, black. A Who cares? A little dispute, a little argument in the street about a bike. All right. It became national news. Now, everybody forgets it. Everybody moves on. Now, in the moment, I looked at it. I watched it very carefully. Number one, race was not mentioned by either party. I Nobody. Okay. It happens that the woman appears, she appears white, possibly Hispanic, but... And the kids around her, I believe, are black. But, you know, not, nobody there mentions anything about race. They don't say white lady. He, she doesn't say black kids. Leave me alone. Nobody's saying anything about race. But the media certainly wanted to make a big deal about race. All right? So there's that. Or it's racial, 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 racial. But I looked at it carefully. And, you know, I was left a little bit puzzled. I didn't know exactly what was going on. Uh, I pointed out as... Some were pointing out, and I made a big deal out of it. She's pregnant, and she actually said, "Let me, uh, you know, I'm pregnant. I think you let the pregnant lady have the bike, don't you think?" But hey, things have changed, right? So everybody had fun for a few hours, a day and a half, you know, uh, making fun of her and belittling her and saying that uh, she's a racist and she's a Karen. But what actually happened? What's the aftermath? What happens next? Well, here. Uh, good for uh, Pamela Paul. She writes a column at the New York Times. 
And um, here we go. This is what happened. Sarah Comrie, that was the woman's name who was yelling help, by the way. Sarah Comrie is a 34-year-old physician assistant from San Diego. After getting a master's degree from Cornell, she took a job at Bellevue, a public hospital in New York that serves many people that the city's for-profit hospitals might decline to treat, including the uninsured, the homeless, and members of the Rikers Island jail population. In 2020, she was profiled by the Times as one of the workers who risked their health to care for others during the pandemic. Today, Comrie's life has been turned upside down. She has been doxxed and faced death threats. Bellevue placed her on leave. She had to hire a lawyer. She is widely known as a result of a viral video in which she appeared in May as City Bike Karen. Now that the heat of the moment has passed, and after most people who watched the video have probably forgotten it, we would be well served to pause and reflect on what happened before, during, and in the aftermath of that brief incident and consider the consequences for the participants. For the sake of the rest of us, we should also think about how we interpret and process the Internet flare-ups that momentarily grab our eyeballs and emotions. We should pay attention to the fallout. Here is what we know for certain about the episode that engulfed Comrie, a 90-second video of a dispute over a rental bike between Comrie, who is white, and a black teenager was filmed May 12th and then posted online, ultimately attracting tens of millions of viewers on Twitter, TikTok, and other platforms. In the video, Comrie, wearing hospital scrubs, is straddling a bike, and a young man is holding it with one hand near the handlebars. Their bodies are slightly intertwined. Comrie, in an aggravated-sounding tone, calls for help several times. The young man, with an exasperated-sounding chuckle, says, This is not your bike. There is crosstalk and laughter among him and his friends. At one point, Comrie moves as if, as if to steer the bike away. The young man maintains his hold on the bike. Get off me, dude, she says. Comrie grabs one of the young men's phones. Why you took his phone, a voice says off camera, and she seems to hand it back as he grabs it from her. You're hurting my fetus, she continues, evidently referring to the way in which the arm of the young man is in contact with her abdomen. I'm not touching you, he replies. You're putting your stomach on my hand. A man in hospital scrubs approaches to intervene. Comrie appears to cry briefly. One of the young men accuses her of pretending. She's fake crying. Stop fake crying. And then she steps away from the bike. One of the other young men says, your baby going to come out. Ooh, it's a very bad word. I'm not going to say it. The video ends shortly after. Now, without knowing what transpired before the footage began, it's easy to leap to a judgment about what you're seeing, depending upon your biases. If you view the episode through the lens of sex alone, you might draw one conclusion. A pregnant woman was harassed by a group of teenage boys who wanted her bike. Viewed strictly through the lens of race, a white woman took a bike from a group of black kids, then tried to get them in trouble. But crucial questions remain. Did the rental bike belong to the young man, in which case Comrie was in the wrong, inflaming the situation by calling for help, dangerously so, given the charged racial context of a white woman making accusations against a black? You see, you can't put all that on the white woman. You can't. Hey, I said this stuff in real time, all right? I, 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 I dissected it up and down, up and down. Now, she's got to give herself this Pamela Brown, and I give her credit. She works for the New York Times. She's got to give her all kinds of credit, all kinds of space. She's got to give herself all kinds of space to make the kinds of conclusions that, quite frankly, I already made, <laughs> or ask the questions that 
I had no problem asking immediately, but good for her for, you know, but she's got to make that space first. Did the bike belong to Comrie, in which case the young man was in the wrong, inflaming the situation by bullying and mocking a pregnant woman with his friends? Was Comrie maliciously faking her distress, or was she genuinely panicked and upset? Many who watched the video were certain of what they saw. Civil rights attorney Ben Crump. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he, went, he, went totally, uh, he went totally crazy. All right. Anti-racism daily accused Cromery of trying to weaponize, uh, weaponize her tears, get these kids lynched, all that kind of stuff. Several news headlines uh, said that Camry was the city by Karen. Um, according to one story in the Times, uh, spewing venom and calling the authorities to tattle, usually on people of color and often putting them in dangerous situations. No witnesses have come forward with accounts that vindicate either side of the incident. Nobody other than the people involved knows for sure what happened. Most people who saw the video have presumably moved on. But given the grave consequences she suffered, Comrie, who recently spoke to me in her first public comment since the incident, hasn't had the luxury of moving on or forgetting. As for the young men, their identities have not been confirmed, despite my attempts to attract them down, to track them down and reach them which may have spared them direct racist attacks and reprisals. But surely they haven't benefited from being vilified by uninformed commenters online either. Commenters. Commenters. You know, everybody in the media took the sides of those kids. Can we get any clarity on what? Oh, just get to the point for crying out loud. This is starting to annoy me. (laughs) All right. This is what we should have led with. Uh, On May 12th, Comrie told me she left the hospital after a 12 and a half hour shift. On doctor's orders, because of a uterine condition, she had been making use of the e-bikes from New York's popular city bike ride-sharing program rather than using its regular bicycles. She saw on her city bike app that several e-bikes were free a few blocks away, so she took a regular bike from a nearby docking station and headed over to switch. When she got there, she said, she asked a boy leaning on one bike if that bike was taken, and he said yes. She then straddled the bike next to him and scanned its QR code. Her city bike receipts show she took it out at 7.24 p.m. The bike released, she said, and she put her, uh, and she put her phone away. Hey, that's my bike, she heard someone call out, she said. She looked up and saw a group of teenagers surrounding her, insisting, that's our bike. She explained that she had just rented it. One of the teenagers, Comrie said, told her to get off the bike. The others started hassling her and cursing. According to her, several of them then put their hands on the bike and shoved it back into a docking station, which automatically relocked it. Now it was a free bike again, and one of the young men blocked her from rescanning it using his own phone to claim it. At this point, Comrie said she began to yell for help. That's when one teenager began recording the altercation with his phone. What is the teenager's version of the incident? I have only one account purported to be from one of the young men and his mother, who anonymously offered a different version of events. According to this account, as told to one website, the teenagers were holding on to city bikes that they had docked briefly to avoid the rate increase that set in after 45 minutes of use before taking them out again. The young man says Comrie asked two other boys at the group if she could take a bike, citing her pregnancy, and they both declined. Yeah, sounds like New York these days. He says she then asked him, and he apologized, but explained he needed the bike to get home. He says she then tried to take the bike from under him. The city bike receipts, 
he apparently offered to one website show he took the bike out at 7.25 p.m. All right, goes on and on and on like this. Too long. I can't read this whole thing. <laughs> but it's like, you know, basically the he said, she said, more she said than he said. Um, it's so disappointing to me, Comrie told me, reflecting on the entire episode. The event that initiated this is like a playground argument taken out of context. That, in light of our world and social media, has been made political and racial. Yeah, that's good. That's good. In the rush to judgment, whether because it fits a ready narrative, satisfies a social media-fueled rage, or seems justified in the moment, few stop to consider that the target of their fury may have a full and complicated life like anyone else, whether adult or teenager, public figures or private individual. People make mistakes. A merciless indictment and trial without a jury by an online mob is far beyond what most human beings should be expected to weather. On May 12th, a woman was recorded in an altercation over a rental bike. She may have tried to get the teenagers in trouble, in which case those young men deserve an apology at the very least. Or she may have been the victim of bullying. But whatever the case, the consequences for her were far out of proportion for a petty tussle over a bike. And whatever happened on May 12th, the woman involved has a name. Neither Sarah Comrie nor any other woman whose name isn't Karen should ever be called a Karen. I agree. Good for her. She had to... She's got to warm up to it. She had to give herself all kinds of permission to say certain things. Me, I shoot from the hip. I call it like I see it, and I did it on May 12th. I did it actually on May 13th. That's when it became viral. Uh, But that's the way. (laughs) All right. I don't want to pat myself on the back. That's kind of of obnoxious. All right. (sighs) Janine, hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Fine, fine. Uh I just wanted to say we need more Gregs. <laughs> we need nice. more Gregs. Uh, nice. um, I am the one. I, I haven't spoken with you in a while. I usually call when the kids, the kids are in the back the seat. Yeah, I'm glad they're not here. They can be a little bit got, uh, rambunctious. Yes. The kids are in the back seat. Oh, they are there uh, now? And my friend just said, yes, he just oh. said hello. I picked him up from camp. Oh, okay. I didn't. I was just talking about uh, them, not to them. But okay. All right. So anyway, how's everybody? Everybody's good. How are you? I'm um, fine. What do you got to I, say? I, What's on your mind? All right. All right. Um, I would like you to help us out with the. the you got to change the voting procedures. What? Because because President Trump talks about you know 2020 was rigged, 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 and they all uh, make fun of them that you know it's not true. It's not true. But nothing has changed. That's what I'm saying. Like, nothing has changed with the voting since 2020. So I just feel like all the potential future elections are... are well, something there. has changed, actually. Republicans, Trump forces are... Um, they are totally embracing ballot harvesting where it's legal. We didn't do that the last time. And vote from home. All right? So the, those are going to be major, major... Uh, Points of interest, a major focus on those things, and it wasn't the last time around. I am worried. I am. Yes, I feel the same way. We're a long way from universal voter ID, which is not racist. It's totally common sense, right? Yeah, I know. Exactly. All right. So, um, yeah, we'll see. So hang in there, and the kids are good. What kind of day camp do they go to? Oh, it's, uh, it's at a public school, believe it or not, and he loves it. They do a wonderful job. They just... It's a day camp. He goes nine to three. 
Yeah, you know, uh, day camp isn't what I remember it to be. I'm bringing my daughter to day camp. We call it day camp. It's basically school. <laughs> it's school. There's no pool. Oh, no. There's no pool. Oh, no. There's no park. There's no, uh, you know, when I went to day camp, I went to day camp. Uh, I went to a tennis day camp in Port Washington, and it was great. It was outdoors. I learned a sport. Uh, now it's uh, primarily in, in in indoors, which I don't think is as cool as my situation. Yeah. But uh, yeah, all right, Janine, thank you very much. Best of the kids. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Is the Greg Kelly Show? Hey, uh, welcome back. The heat is, uh, <laughs> whoa, it's uh, tough. It really is bad. Now I have uh, I've altered my exercise method a little bit. I was going for those long, stupid jogs, and I realized, you know what? They're not. It's really not moving the needle. What I'm doing now, and I actually learned this from Bernie Carrick of all people. You know what really drops weight? And I remembered, I remembered he told me this and I remember, it, but I, I don't like doing it, but it's the old, it really does work. Sprints. You got to go out there and run fast. It's hard for me to do because I'm a, I'm a bigger guy, uh, but I got to do it. People look at you like you're crazy too. Cause you know, when you're sprinting, it's like, what the, what, 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 what did he do? What's he running away from? Um, hey, the Gilgo beach situation is still, well, very sad watching those people. On the porch of their house, the Hoyermans now, Mrs. Hoyerman, uh, the kid, and uh, the two kids. One is uh, one is a boy, one is a girl. One's about thirty, one's about twenty-five, and they're sitting there and they're you know yelling at the press. And uh, the house looks terrible. I just wish it was uh, not that way. You know, I really, it's uh, life is life is tough. Life is tough. Life is tough for the victims, the victims' families. This maniac looks like he did it. What are you going to do? Barbara, hello, Barbara. Hi. Hi, Greg. Hi. Good to, good to hear your voice. Um, I want to thank you so much for giving Bill Stevenson the opportunity to explain the situation with the Bidens so clearly. And what he said uh, is a lesson to all of us in where this family is coming from. And this also exemplifies something that Edmund Burke Said. Oops. Ed, Edmund Burke. That phone was uh, sounded like the Waltons. What kind of phone is that? I'm sorry. That's my other cell phone. The cell phone. You got that old time, that old school uh, ring. You can pick that, I guess, yeah. on the thing. All right. Sorry. Like keep going. That. What did Edmund Burke say? I like it. Edmund Burke said, the greater the power, the more dangerous the abuse. Mm, that guy. Man, oh, man. How did he get so smart? These maniac, these these brainiacs. I mean, who is Edmund Burke anyway? What did he do? How do we know him? And you know, and and this was from how many years ago? These men are speaking way back in history. And he was an English um, uh, politician and writer and so forth. And um, just one after the other, if you look up on the internet, I mean, just one after the other, his quotations apply to to today just as much as our founders do, even though he wasn't one of our founders. But our founders you learned from men yeah. like Edmund Burke and Montesquieu. I love it. I love it. Barbara, so much wisdom from uh, from them and you. 
Thank you very much, as always. Uh, I got to go to Mayor Giuliani, though. I we haven't talked, Mr. Mayor, about the judge and about this new superseding indictment. Uh, how are you? <laughs> Greg, it's getting crazier and crazier. N- now we're going after maintenance men. Yeah, it seems like a total scam. Hey, I, this yeah, is maybe, the one. Maybe next gardeners. And, uh, <laughs> what the heck? I mean, the people who pick up the trash. and Well, the oh, idea man. that they want security footage from inside the house is outrageous. I heard this, though, that the subpoena that he was supposedly under for this material was a draft subpoena. Uh, did you hear that? It, it, yes. sounds, it sounds to me like <laughs> a subpoena has got to be served on somebody. Was it served or not? What, what do you make of I the— I don't t- know. It has to, be, uh, has to be approved by a magistrate judge or a judge, and uh, it has to be served properly on someone. It just can't be dropped off or anything like that. So the person gets a ch- I mean, there's a reason for that. So the person gets a chance to look at it and object if they want to. I mean, we do have certain privacy rights. Uh, we used to, at least, when we were America. Yeah. So, I mean, if it's just a draft subpoena... It's useless. It's useless. It doesn't... He's not covered by it. Now, isn't it just kind of unbelievable how far we've gotten? I mean, they're looking at security yeah. footage. But let's put that aside for a second. I want to know from you... We haven't talked about it. From what you know of what the judge said the other day with Hunter Biden, it seems to me that the government had to say what they didn't want to say. The implicit kind of wink and a nod promise was we're not going to we're not going to prosecute Hunter. But letter of the law in that agreement, it didn't quite say that. So that's why the deal was called off. Is and the, the, yeah, is yeah. that what happened? Well, it was interesting. It was interesting because obviously they're both on the same side. I've never heard of that before. I mean, yeah. the defendant and the government are on the same side, except they can't get their story straight. <laughs> I mean, the government the government uh, says they didn't say that all the other cases would be dropped. The defense says they did, and they seem quite credible uh, in the way they were annoyed and upset about it. So yeah, it like all right, good. Misled. You confirmed it for me, Mr. Mayor. That was my, uh, my read, and uh, look, you're the best. Have a great show, you're great good. weekend, and uh, you. thank you, sir. America's Mayor is next. I'll see you later. Thank you.